welcome to Going Out Your Door, the podcast to get you out your door and on the road. My name is Marjorie Freimuth. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you're having a wonderful 2022. I have to say, recording these episodes a little bit ahead of time, I mean, they're they're certainly not live. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm talking into the future, projecting into the future. I hope 2022 is going well so far. You know what? I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. There's no there's no way it possibly couldn't be. Ah, oh no. Okay, sorry. Um, existential stuff all of a sudden. Uh, but I hope you are enjoying January wherever you are, and I hope you have safe and healthy plans for travel in the new year. We're really gonna focus on again, doing sa- doing it safely, but getting out and seeing the world and building those connections and those bridges that are so important to all of us as people and to the world as a whole. I'm going on a tangent, a philosophical tangent right now. Let's not do that. Let's get back to the matter at hand. We are playing a game today, a little game of true and false, true or false. Actually, that's not true because everything that we are talking about is false. We are going to be busting some travel myths today. There, These are common ideas as to why travel is impossible for you, and I am going to tell you why those are not true. So jumping right into it, the first and most obvious myth number one, travel is expensive. I mean, yes, that is true, actually, but it doesn't have to be and it doesn't have to be prohibitive for you. So yes, travel is expensive, but you're going to be spending money in your life regardless. Like, you spend, we, we all spend, I don't want to say all life is expensive, but we spend money no matter what our situation is in general. So if you're staying at home, you're going to be paying maybe for gas for your car or for commuting or groceries or rent or all of those things. When you're on the road, you're going to be paying for other things um, like, you know, plane tickets and accommodation. And you can definitely arrange your trip. You can plan it so that it's more expensive than staying at home. Definitely. I mean, that'd be a fun trip. Five star hotels all the way. You can do that. You can also probably make it equal to living at home or you could even arrange it so you spend less money than you do when you are at home. It's totally possible. And yes, you could say, but if I'm at home, I'm probably working and making money. And you can definitely do that on the road. It is totally possible, whether it's through like working remotely online to make money or by staying in a place longer, getting a job. You can work at hostels or on farms or restaurants or as an ESL teacher, again, depending on the country and the visas, that's more specific. But it is totally possible to make money while you are traveling. I mean, see my episode on ESL 101 if you want to stay in some place for like a year, it's most likely if you're a native English speaker that you could be an ESL teacher. So go check out ESL 101 to get the rundown on how to do that. I don't want to say like it's totally easy, but it is a pretty straightforward process. More than happy to answer questions on that. Um, And then also stay tuned for future episodes. We're going to be talking like the digital nomad life and teaching ESL online so you don't even have to be tied to one location. Ugh, I'm so excited about this. You can tell. My point is, you can make money also while you're traveling. And ways to cut costs, you know, stay in hostels, couch surf, travel with someone else so that you guys can split the cost, split the bill. Don't eat all of your meals out. Buy and cook your own food just like you would do at home. A lot of these tips would save you money at home as well. Choose less expensive destinations. I mean, I traveled to Thailand once and it was a fairly 
lavish vacation. It was it was one of the few trips that in my life that I would classify as a vacation and not just as traveling. Um, and it was pretty indulgent, and it was still what I would classify as like an average price for a trip. So if I had really tried to be frugal or be a budget traveler on that trip, it would have been really inexpensive. So you can definitely make your travel less expensive by choosing specific locations that are still really interesting and valuable and special to visit. You know, just because a location will save you money doesn't mean it's not 100% worth the trip. So choose your locations. And then when you're there, um, go on free walking tours. We did a whole episode on free walking tours or find free resources online for exploring, like um, self-led tours. You can download things for that. Choose free or low-cost activities, like maybe avoid clubbing or going out. Stick to like sightseeing, hiking, public parks and gardens, even museums. Uh, museums can be crazy expensive depending on what part of the world you're in, but they will often have discounts for students or other groups or like days of the week that are lower cost or free. So just make sure you get that information and you can save a lot of money. And also planning ahead. I mean, some of the times that I have spent the most money, uh, been forced to shell out for something is because I didn't plan ahead and I got stuck in a bind of like, well, this is my only option. I have to pay for this hotel or this train ticket or whatever because I don't really have any other choice right now. But if I had planned ahead, um, I would have been able to see that I should do something different or that I should book weeks in advance or something like that. So planning can really save you a ton of money. So Though that is a ton of information. Again, we have episodes devoted in depth to a lot of these things, but overall, false. Travel is not inherently expensive. You can make it less so, and you can also make money doing so. Myth number two, and some of these combine multiple ideas. So myth number two, travel is dangerous or risky or women shouldn't travel alone. It's especially dangerous for women false. See our solo female travel episode. But again, this is not true. It's not inherently true. Number one, unfortunately, things can happen anywhere. You can have an accident or a bad situation can happen to you no matter where you are, even in your hometown or your home country. You can also mitigate some risk by choosing your destination specifically. So like, not to make light of this, but like if a country is in a civil war or something, like don't go there um, or do, but know what you're getting into. So choose your destinations with care. Uh, general travel rules are try not to stand out. Don't wear flashy jewelry or clothing. Go with someone. Travel with someone if you're a little bit nervous or you're worried. Learn more about the customs of the country that you're in so you don't, again, stand out or make any faux pas or anything like that. Ask locals for advice. Like if you're staying in a hostel, ask the people working there if there's anything you should know to keep yourself safe or any part of the city to avoid after dark or something like that. Um, On that note, avoid going out and like drinking by yourself or just going out to parties or clubs or whatever by yourself. These are all just fairly common sense things that you might be doing in your everyday life already that will keep you safe on the road. So travel is not inherently dangerous. It's not more dangerous necessarily than other things that we do in life. Number three, or part two B, because it's connected to number two, um, Airbnbs are unsafe. Couch surfing is unsafe. Hitchhiking is unsafe. All of that stuff. The main point here is 
it's not riskier necessarily than any other activity or any other location, depending on how you do it. I don't. I certainly don't mean to sound like patronizing or anything, but just like don't be stupid. <laughs> we all have common sense. You guys are a smart bunch. I know that.、Um, just take care with anything that you do. Again, if you're worried, travel with someone that, so that you can do couch surfing with someone else or stay at that Airbnb with someone else that you know. In terms of hitchhiking, this has a lot of stigma in America that it doesn't necessarily have in other parts of the world where it's more of an accepted practice. So make sure that you have your phone with you, that your phone has signal. Note the license plate if you're getting into a car, and know that just because a car stops for you never means that you have to get in it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not advising you to hitchhike if that's not something you're comfortable with, but just know that in and of itself, it doesn't have to be a dangerous activity, and it can be a really budget-friendly way to get around and fun way to meet other people. Um, there was this quote from Nomadic Matt. I love his blog. I love his travel content, and he had a post、uh, or a section of a post devoting devoted to hitchhiking. And he said that hitchhiking is a relatively common way to travel in many countries around the world. It was also a common and safe way to travel in the U.S. and Canada for a long while too. The idea that hitchhiking is dangerous dates back to the 1950s. When the FBI led a scare campaign to get people to stop the practice, in part because civil rights activists were hitchhiking to rallies, I had no idea. This is fascinating to me. The FBI's campaign permanently embedded in the minds of people that hitchhiking is dangerous by claiming that most hitchhikers were murderers. So it was specifically given a bad rap in the U.S. to discourage the practice, but it's really common in a lot of the world. He continues, combined with a narrative pushed by the media that the world is unsafe, hitchhiking continues to be perceived as a dangerous activity, even if it's not. So hitchhiking was specifically given a bad rap in America to discourage the practice, which that's just fascinating to me. It's much more common in other parts of the world, and yes, I have done it. Again, I tried to be safe. I only have done it with another person,、um, not to be super heteronormative, but I've done it. Only with guy friends,、um, you know. I don't know whether that's a necessary precaution or not, but it's one that makes me feel better, even if it's very heteronormative and stereotypical.、Uh, but again, you get to decide your own comfort level. You get to decide what you do. But there's no reason to write off hitchhiking or staying in an Airbnb or couch surfing entirely just because they are blanket unsafe. That's not true. Number four. A little bit more fun to talk about. Number four, myth number four: street food will make you sick, or other countries eat weird food. Of course, this is not true. And in fact, I would say no. Food from other countries is likely often even tastier than food that you grew up eating in your own country.、Uh, yeah, of course, any food can make you sick. Street food could make you sick, but so could restaurant food, Michelin food, whatever. It's largely. A crapshoot as to what your stomach can handle.、Um, I've been traveling for over ten years, and I've only had food poisoning a couple of times. One of them was from a place that I ate, like in the heart of Berlin, in a big city, at a totally normal restaurant, eating normal cuisine. I think it was like soup and bread, so it was nothing suspicious, nothing that looked quote unquote weird,、um, and I got really bad food poisoning from it. So just let that be a lesson to you that. You you can't judge food by where it's served or how it's served necessarily.、Um, I've also read quite a bit about how 
Western countries and America specifically far overdue food safety in terms of like refrigeration, expiration dates, things like that. Um, we're really, really overcautious. I mean, the number of times that I have worried over something that I left on the counter for too long out of the fridge is absurd and everything has been totally fine. So, I mean, I'm not saying that you should like leave a cut of raw meat out in the sun for three days and go eat it and you'll be fine. But just take things like that with a grain of salt. Know that, again, if you're from a Western country like me, we tend to be overcautious about our food preparation. Street food is most likely completely safe and it is most likely 100% delicious. So eat it. And you can take precautions with this. You know, you can eat at places with long lines, which means that there's probably quicker turnover of the food, meaning it's probably fresher. If a lot of people are eating there, it's probably well-known and not going to make you sick. Um, You can also find places where the food is cooked right in front of you so you know for sure that it's fresh and that it's fully cooked. You can also just use your own judgment. Like if something doesn't look fresh, doesn't look safe, that is up to you. That's your choice to make and you can totally do that. But also when you're traveling, it's fair to say that it could take your body a little bit to adapt to a new cuisine. So there's still no harm in sticking to like simple familiar foods when you travel or when you first arrive just to give your body that chance to adjust. But after that, I mean, go crazy, eat all the food. That's one of my favorite things about traveling is trying new cuisines, new food, all of that. And street food, oh my gosh, street food is some of the best food hands down around the world. So don't avoid the street food because you think it's going to make you sick. Myth number five, and this is sort of two opposite ones combined, English is spoken everywhere, or on the flip side, you can't travel if you don't speak the local language. Both of these are untrue, opposing stereotypes that have, is that are untrue. Yes, English is largely a lingua franca around the world. It is spoken to a large degree in many countries, most countries, and it will get you far. Uh, but that does not mean you should ever assume that everyone does or should speak English. This is something I try to be very conscious of. If I don't speak the local language, like, yes, I will try with English, you know, because there's a chance they do speak it to some degree, but I don't think anyone should speak English. It is, you know, it's my native language. It's not theirs. There's no reason that they should be communicating with me in their country in my native language. So there's sort of two sides to that coin. Like, yes, it probably is spoken uh, more than any other language around the world, but that does not mean that everyone does, nor should you expect them to. But you also shouldn't be afraid to travel somewhere, avoid traveling somewhere just because you don't speak the local language. I will say charades can get you very, very far. I have had a great deal of success with miming things, acting things out, doing charades. And of course, there's always Google Translate. Google Translate will get you very far as well. Some of my favorite experiences that have stayed with me of, you know, ordering food or once I was at a cobbler in Taiwan trying to get a pair of shoes fixed because they fell apart like as I was walking around. Just some of these memories that have stayed with me of communicating with people solely through acting things out. And generally, I mean, you might get someone who's having a bad day or who's not into it, but generally the other people enjoy the experience as well. Like they, they want to get their point across. They want to understand what you need, what you want. Um, and you can have a laugh together and it's a lot of fun. So don't avoid going somewhere just because you don't speak the local language, but also don't assume that everyone should or will speak English. Myth number six, there are safe and unsafe countries. 
this is not true. We cannot paint one country with a whole brush or a whole label. Mixing my metaphors there.、Um, I always advise you to do your own research before you travel. Choose destinations that you are comfortable with, but you can't write off a whole country. Because of one area or or one situation necessarily. I mean, again, any every situation is different, but it's very hard to say that like this is an unsafe country or this is a safe country because, like we said, fluke events can happen anywhere in terms of like traveling being safe or unsafe. Your backyard could be dangerous, or a country on the other side of the world could be dangerous. And also, a lot of countries that are major tourist destinations and so are kind of generally considered safer. They're also usually really high in like petty crime and pickpockets. So again, that's you know not necessarily dangerous, but in terms of like criminal activity, yeah, a lot of tourist destinations do have a lot of crime. And what is considered safe or unsafe to you can largely depend on like who you are, your gender, your gender identity, presentation, your ethnicity, your religion, your sexual orientation. Like all of these things. Can factor into whether something is safe or unsafe for you. So just because your friend can travel there doesn't mean that you can without taking more care or more consideration. Or just because you can go somewhere without worrying about it doesn't mean that someone else can as well. So these things are largely dependent on the person, dependent on your comfort level. Let's not label countries as being like a safe country or an unsafe country. Number seven. Oh, I wish this one is true. Myth number seven: There is a magic day of the week or a distance out from your trip to book your ticket for the best price. I wish. I wish that was true. Then we'd all get cheap flights whenever we wanted.、Um, definitely check out our episode on how to find cheap flights because there are lots of tricks on how to get the best deals. But it's really more about juggling lots of different factors, like where you want to go, when, is it the on season, is it the off season? Checking the prices frequently to see where they're trending,、um, trying alternate airports or cities nearby. All of those things can factor into your ticket price. The days of the week don't matter. Like that is a myth started way back when. Tuesday's the best day to buy your ticket. Not true.、Um, there's no one specific day, unfortunately. Myth number eight: Budget airlines are to be avoided at all costs. You will have about one foot square of space and a fifty percent chance of falling out of the sky. I used to believe this. I used to avoid budget airlines because I thought that they were like. Unregulated, and the plane would just fall apart at the first bump of turbulence. Luckily, that is not true.、Um, yeah, there are some things to know about budget airlines. The seats are usually much smaller. You have much less leg space. You will pay out the wazoo for any extras that you need, whether it's checking a bag, sometimes even for a carry-on bag. Like you can bring a purse, but if you want to put a bag overhead, you have to pay、um, any food or drinks, boarding first, literally anything they can squeeze money out of you, they will. Um, but if you know this going in and you plan accordingly, like you know, only the carry-on bag,、uh, bring your own snacks. Although I've actually had a budget airline that wouldn't let me eat my own snacks once, <laughs> but it was a short flight, so it was fine.、Um, you can get really amazing deals if you just be prepared for what you're getting into. And in terms of safety, 
I always check the record and certifications of any airline that I fly on. That is probably me being a little bit overcautious. Uh, but if you're like me, go to airlinesafetyratings.com. It's a great website. So if an airline meets the internationally and regionally accepted criteria, um, they're as legit as any other airline. You know, if they're certified to fly in Europe and America and they meet the different uh, certification processes that they can go through, they're they're totally fine. They're just as legit as, I don't know, Lufthansa or whatever major airline you're flying. So budget airlines can get you some amazing deals and there is no reason to fear them. Number nine, our last one, you're only really traveling if you're flying overseas or going to a new country. False. Travel is travel even if you are just day-tripping it to a nearby town. If you've listened to any of our other episodes, you know this is something that I firmly believe. You might want to check out the Home for the Holidays, How to Explore Your Hometown Like You're Traveling episode. To me, travel is a mindset of trying new things, broadening your perspectives, exposing yourself to new experiences, and that can all be done anywhere, even if it's 10 minutes from your hometown. I think often travelers, and I'm guilty of this for sure, get so focused on international destinations that we forget to explore our own country, our own region. And I'm currently in a place in my life where I want to do more of that. Um, And that can be a much more pandemic-friendly way to travel, frankly. Uh, But there's so many parts of the U.S. that I have not seen as an American, and so I really want to get to know my own country a little bit better. So... There is nothing I love more than a good day trip. It gives you all like the buzzy feelings of travel with none of the hassle of packing or dealing with airports or anything like that. So don't negate traveling just because it's local to you. Continue to get out and explore even if you cannot fly across the ocean and go to a new country, new continent, or whatever it is that you want. I mean, do that. I'm a big proponent of that as well, but local travel is underrated and we should... Uh, appreciate it more. So with those warm, fuzzy feelings, that brings us to the end of our first myth-busting episode with our nine travel myths. Is there anything that you believe about travel that has been busted? Has your perspective changed at all? Please tell me. You can send that and any other questions or comments to goingoutyourdoortravel at gmail.com. As always, find me on Instagram and Facebook for local and international travel content at Going Out Your Door and on Twitter at Going Out Your. And I cannot wait to talk to you next time on Going Out Your Door. Mm-hmm.